0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bailey Bookish Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the first part of the um, Alice in Wonderland movie, and then next week, we will be finishing up with the second part, which is the Through the Looking Glass portion. Um, if you haven't watched the movie yet, it is the 1985 version, so please watch it before you get into it. Otherwise, you'll get spoilers, and I don't want anyone to get spoilers if you don't want them. Um, Also, we're gonna be taking a small break from streaming. I did kind of announce this on the Discord, but if you're not a part of the Discord yet, I am gonna be taking a break uh, through the month of August, uh, just because I'm going to be moving. I'm very excited, but you know, it's gonna be a lot of work. So I'll be back after all that. and You can find the announcement of when I'm back on Twitter, or if you join the uh, Rhapsodic Geeks uh, Discord channel, which is on Twitch also uh the first um sorry not the first another patreon exclusive episode is coming out and it's going to be coming out on friday the 6th of august and that episode is going to be um, an alice in wonderland movie comparison so we're comparing comparing both the tim burton movies and uh the original disney movie and then the first friday of um September we're going to be talking about uh Heartless by Marissa Meyer on Patreon so if you haven't joined Patreon there's a lot of exclusive episodes to catch up on and there's a lot of great exclusive content coming out soon and yeah it's a lot of fun plus it helps support the pod so if you wouldn't mind you know helping out and joining and getting some great exclusive content it'd be really really appreciated also we um next our next book is going to be the Iliad so if you want to read the Iliad we will be chatting about that soon and that'll be with Jade from about a book podcast so there's a lot of great stuff coming up and I am looking forward to enjoying it with all of you but without further ado let's catch you all in the episode
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bailey Bookish podcast. Today we are covering Erwin Allen's Alice in Wonderland 1985 and I am once again joined by Leah. Hello everybody
2: I am so glad to be here Rachel thanks for having me back. Yeah thanks for joining me. Sure I'm excited that we get to talk about these movies now. Yes I have long awaited and Leah is from the YA book chat so if everyone
1: loves these episodes be sure to go check that uh her podcast out yay (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh these movies wow i forget the how colorful the 80s are sometimes until i watch (laughs) like movies like this where they're trying to like make them extra whimsical by taking every bright
2: pop of color physically possible and putting in a movie right seriously um because starting with Alice's dress too yes because her dress is orange it's mm-hmm. not blue which is how I always remember this specific version mm-hmm. of the movie which like because every all the other movies it's blue yeah. so I always remember watching this one growing up because um, because it wasn't blue <laughs> so
1: yeah it was weird though because like I'm used to that little bow in her hair being like blue like having i think she has like a blue headband normally and i'm used to that like standing out but because she's blonde the orange didn't really stand out and i was just like it was one of those things that i noticed that i was like oh weird
2: yeah um i will say it's funny because i actually never thought about this until um until i was watching these movies again now i watched these all the time growing up and i've watched Mm -hmm. them actually like a few months ago with my youngest, but I never thought about this until watching them this time through. Okay. I was looking at her hair and I was like, it's really perfect. It's a wig. It's a wig. It had to be. It had to be because it was so, it was unmovable, unshakable. No, it was absolutely perfect. Like stuck in place. Because I kept on... At first I thought, no, it can't be. But then if you look at her um, her bangs, that's mm. what gives it away because they mm. never move, ever. Because the rest of her hair moves, but the bangs don't ever budge.
0: Oh, that's but, so you know.
1: funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so going through part one, the first thing I noticed is that the sister is actually a lot older in the movie. Like, because they never gave her an age in the book, but in the movie, she's like, A teenager it looked like so I was like yeah "Yeah, no wonder the sister didn't want to hang out with Alice because like this is a little adult and her sister's probably annoying the living daylights out of her
2: yeah agreed she she's definitely a lot older um in the in the movie than I had pictured her to be in my Mm -hmm. head but but actually if you think about it the Disney animated one she looks a little bit older too she Mm -hmm. even looks older than a teenager
1: yeah I had always did. thought she was in her teens because yeah and that one the Tim Burton one um those are the only two I've seen but both of those she, they age her up she doesn't look like she's seven so right. I didn't realize until we read the book that she's supposed to be like seven and a half
2: yeah well in the Tim Burton one she's not seven and a half she is older she's a yeah. teenager and Alice is a teenager in those ones but yeah no I know what you mean it's hard to tell in um the Disney one how old she's supposed mm-hmm. to be she definitely reads more like a 10 or 11 year old in that one
1: yeah I think I remember thinking she was probably like 13 Mm-hmm. like it's, on that yeah. cusp of like pre-teen age yes um and then my next note is dinah trying to escape when she picks her up is the funniest (laughs) thing
2: like it is funny you
1: know they just basically got this house cat and they're like oh it'll behave you know and she but they don't factor in the fact that cats like to run from you like they they want
2: cuddles only when they want them yes exactly uh in case my cat actually did that to me today Mm -hmm. I picked her up I was like I want a kitty snuggle I held she didn't snuggle back like she normally does then she jumped out of my arms right Mm -hmm. she goes in my bedroom I went in my room she literally like ran from me and hid under my bed I was like what the heck cat whatever it's fine
1: (laughs) yeah my my dog is very much the same way except like instead of doing anything if she doesn't want your attention she just kind of leaves and disappears mm, there you go and I'm like <laughs> okay alright see you later that's one way to handle it yeah the next thing I noticed was that the sister was right there with the rabbit showing up and I was like so don't you think that she would have said something when she
2: ran off in the woods that the, she was awake because she just sprints off yeah well okay so her sister's totally not paying attention hmm for one thing. She's totally absorbed in herself. But yeah, Alice doesn't even care. She just like sees it and behind her sister in the back and is like, I'm just going to go. Doesn't even say anything. Just (laughs) runs right off. Like great older sister there. Mm -hmm. You have super protective. (laughs) I'm
1: going to have a lot to say about these couple of moments when we get to the end of both parts, because Mm -hmm. the lining up of the sleep dream does not really make sense i gotcha Mm -hmm. so we'll come back to that yeah because i know where you're going with that. yeah so next thing is these thunderclaps of when they're trying to go
2: into wonderland i'm like it now feels like she's having a
1: nightmare
2: yeah because it was it makes it like super creepy it's funny because I as I was watching it, I was like "Ooh, I didn't remember about that the lightning and the thunder as she's in the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and then I was like but I kind of like it yeah <laughs> and then I thought does that make me weird because it's kind of creepy in a way but I also was like I kind of really like this yeah
1: I just I it made me kind of think about this whole dreamscape and I was like is she having a nightmare like is this whole dream a nightmare like a kid nightmare
2: or is she just actually casually dreaming? Based off of the rest of it, I would say casually dreaming mm-hmm. and maybe it just started off a little bit rough.
1: Yeah, because part two is I think more of a nightmare, but like this beginning part, Agreed. there's a couple times where I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what's going on here? Not sure. <laughs> yeah. So now she somehow locked herself in the room with all of the uh, doors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of like. Wandering upon it. She just locks herself in there. And then. In the movie. She locks the small tiny door herself.
2: Instead right. of the mystical deity. Locking it for her. Which kind of makes. Well, okay. It does make sense. But it doesn't at the same time. Why do you lock it again? <laughs> yeah. I feel like either way, the book or the movie doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. I know that Lewis Carroll is not logical by any sense of mm-hmm. the stretch of the imagination. But I just sit there and I think, you know, if it were me, I would have unlocked the door, left the door Open, mm-hmm. probably either still had the key in my hand or put it in my pocket. And then I could have had it when I drank the stuff to make me smaller in the door, but the door would be open. But you know, that's not what happened. So, <laughs> whatever. See, here's what my
1: thing is I know I have no memory. I have the mm. goldfish have better memory than me. Me too. So, if I need to remember something, it is in my hand and I will not release it until its task is done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: like I won't put anything down. I like put it in my hand, clutch it to my chest. And then I remember I have to do
2: something. I'm the same way. Cause I, I, I feel like Dory from finding Nemo yes. most days, just Mood. no, <laughs> no memory. I feel that a hundred percent. So then
1: the next thing I noticed is the shrinking and growing. The yeah. fact is that obviously in the 80s they did not have the level cgi that we did so i'm looking <laughs> at this and i'm watching it and i'm like oh my gosh these are different sets they had to have yeah. multiple sets depending on what size she was
2: yeah isn't that crazy yeah because there was no, there wasn't the cgi in the 80s So
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah
1: it green screen totally was like
2: not that great Mm -mm. So
1: I don't know. I was just watching that part and I was like, wow. Like they did a good, there was a couple of times where I was like, things didn't quite line up. And I was like, huh? (laughs) But I was like, you know what? I can't say anything. I could not recreate two exact replicas in different sizing. And it was the 80s. So it's forgivable. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's whatever. That's right. But I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So then she, you know, cries And instead of it filling up the room, she slips into a small pond out the side. Um, And the ducks and the birds and the rat are things of nightmares.
2: Oh, the life size people, the people in the bird costumes. Um, I am going to say this because, all right, I'm going to probably make some casting comments as we go through this because mm-hmm. I will have to say I that is these two movies. I absolutely loved the casting, okay yeah um so the mouse who's in this scene mm-hmm. is Sherman Hemsley, who is Mr. Jefferson in the Jeffersons. What? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the mouse. and Shelley Winters is the dodo bird and she was like really big at that time too and he's like these movies just have some of the best care actors in them it's fantastic so i was like that's that's mr jefferson he's the mouse (laughs) see i
1: am really bad with actors and actresses names so i'm glad that you're on
2: top of it because i have no idea who anyone is at all um let me just tell you imdb is my best friend. I actually keep, I have the app on my phone because I am constantly like, we'll be watching a movie. Like my kids will have something like an animated one on. I'm like, I know that voice and I have to look it up or we'll be watching. I watch a lot of British television and the more British TV you watch, mm-hmm. the more it's the same actress you see. Oh, I know. But I'm always like, wait, surely and I always like I always have to look stuff up so I have the app on my phone so when I was watching this I brought up IMDB and pulled it up because I was like I gotta just double check this although in the beginning in the opening credits I do have everybody listed too which is fun um but yeah I looked it up again though but yeah,
1: yeah Sherman Hemsley I wish they made IMDB specifically for people like me because I can never remember any actor's name. So instead of like having to go to each of their biographies, I wish it would just say the biggest role they've had that like Mm. someone like a Gen Z would know. So like, I don't want you to say like, mm, try to think of a good one. I don't want you to say Channing Tatum. I want you to say Magic Mike,
2: you know, like
1: things like that.
2: Well, that's why like half the time I I don't look it up by actor. Half the time I looked it up by whatever movie or TV show we're watching. Yeah. You know, so, and that's how I figure it out.
1: Yeah. I have but, to do it by movie or TV show character they play. And then when that comes up, then I'm like clicking all yeah. the biographies to figure out what other movies they are in that I could possibly
2: know them from. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, those um really lifelike the birds, the birds were a bit freaky.
1: Oh my gosh. I, it felt like 80s personas, you know? Like. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I will say when you told me it was a musical, I was a little nervous, but I think it was good.
2: It was. And mm-hmm. I, I had totally forgotten about that part. Um, And then when they started singing, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. But part, see, part of the reason it's good too is because again, of the actors who they have in it. So that helps as well. Um, but yeah, it wasn't cause it wasn't too much. It wasn't like a song every other minute or something, you know, there were yeah. a few songs, but it not a lot. It wasn't overwhelming and they went along with the storyline really well. Um, so I felt like it worked a lot. It worked really well.
1: Yeah. And I like the fact that they changed some of the poetry into being songs. I think that
2: worked out a lot better too. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason they decided to make parts of it a musical Yeah. because I mean, somebody was probably like, the director was probably like, what the heck do I do with all these stinking poems? You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, let's make them a song so much better. Especially when we get to the second one with the walrus and the carpenter oh,
1: oh yeah. man uh-huh wow. i
2: know yeah mm-hmm.
1: i will say this this movie felt to me because i haven't watched a whole lot of 80s movies uh well i have but i've watched only like real life when i haven't watched like 80s fantasy if that makes okay. sense so yep. it felt to me kind of like a stage
2: production yeah and that makes sense I can see how you it it, yeah it does have it does have that feel to it the way that Mm -hmm. it was filmed Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's fun yeah and then the real people being dressed up in
1: outfits like I viewed it more as a stage production just because of the budget not the budget the, (laughs) the uh lack of cgi I guess yes yes So then the next thing I notice is that Alice runs away from all of the animals um, in the, in the little Lake. And somehow she's immediately dried off (laughs) and her hair is perfect again. And she like flattens it out and stuff. Yes. And then the next thing uh, is when she runs into the rabbit, he's like, Marianne, what are you doing? Go get my stuff. And she's like, okay, fine. And she runs over to the house And she's like, my name's not Marianne. (laughs) The funny thing to me is that they were not consistent with the sizing of how large Alice was in that house. Mm -hmm. And, like, dramatically so. Like, it was dramatically inaccurate, but I thought it was kind of funny. It was,
2: because she, like... Yeah. She looks so much smaller when they have the shots of her inside the house and then they show the outside of the house and, you know, her arms out of it and whatever. And she looks huge. And like, even when she puts her foot up the chimney to Mm -hmm. kick poor Bill, poor Bill, Bill. up the chimney, um, it's like, it hardly looks like her foot goes up the chimney at all. But, um, you know, Bill goes shooting out of that thing. But again, you know, 1980s, you're kind of limited on what you can do, so. Yeah, I can't judge it too harshly, but I just thought it was kind of funny.
1: It was funny, I agree. So <laughs> the next thing is when they she finally shrinks down because they throw rocks and then she eats one of them and because they turned into a little cake, she shrinks down and she's running away from um, the rabbit. They tell her to stop running while they're th- still throwing stones at her. <laughs> right because that's gonna work yeah i was like what do you mean stop running like <laughs> stop throwing stones then it's so simple
2: Mm-hmm. exactly
1: and then my next note is i kind of feel bad for all these actors and
2: actresses who have to wear these costumes yes i thought the same thing i was like those they had to have been so hot in those things and so Sweaty because under the lights you get Really hot and
1: they have and like you know,
2: The face makeup on And stuff yeah you know how long that stuff Takes to put on it oh, takes yeah. like hours
1: Yeah So then she mm-hmm. runs in the caterpillar and my dad Said that this is again Because I'm so bad with actors mm. Like I was like mm-hmm. he's kind of from Like I kind of know who he is
2: but I couldn't remember Yes I, I, I if you weren't going to mention It I was going to mention yeah. it Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I don't remember who he is again. My dad, oh, you I don't was, remember. Okay. I knew that he was important, but I was like, oh,
2: I forgot until I wrote um, in my note. That was Mr. Sammy Davis Jr., <laughs> who was a singer and an actor and a dancer and like performer extraordinaire. That man was amazing. Yeah, He, and so- he was, I mean, oh my gosh. He's
1: in he some did big so much though.
2: stuff. I don't remember what it was. Oh gosh, he's done like a ton of movies. And again, he was a singer too. I'm looking Mm on IMDb right now. There's so much, here we go. Let me go down to actor. Um, Oh yeah, he was on an episode of the Cosby show. I forgot about that. Oh, awkward. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, oh, what's funny is he was also on an episode of the Jeffersons. (laughs) Dude, he was on- he was on general hospital that's hilarious hmm. uh let's see he did a bunch of like different tv shows but he did a lot of musicals too yeah. like the the tv spots that he did were more like guest spots and stuff or playing as himself mm-hmm. um Uh, as uh, as a guest spot but he you know is mostly known for his singing and dancing that he did yeah i thought he was
1: in a movie or something that i knew but i'm not sure it's very
2: possible
1: yeah but he looked familiar so i was like oh that guy looks familiar my dad's like well that's so and so but i'm so bad jr (laughs) yeah i'm so bad with names that they as soon as they're said i'm like okay i'll remember that and then they're immediately gone and i'm like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they have to be repeated to me, like, a thousand times for me to remember the names of actors. (laughs) It's all right. So then um, the first time she tries to recite a poem, it's with the caterpillar. But this is the first inconsistency I noticed, is because uh, Alice says, oh, I've been trying to recite poems, but they always keep coming out wrong. And she hasn't said a poem yet. Right
2: well I'm wondering if maybe in that instance it was more like I try to do this all the time whenever. I feel like that's kind of how they made it seem for this one Um, because yeah she hadn't recited anything yet. (laughs) Yeah well
1: there's um, like multiple times this happens where they kept it very close to the original plot but didn't keep in other things and like when they eliminate it they didn't change the wording mm. so like this is just the first yeah. thing I noticed and I was like oh hmm.
2: yeah you're right um but it's not it's not the worst one it's, though no, at least it's, it's not, not too one. bad so it's just the first one I noticed so I had to write it down <laughs> so
1: then you know she starts to recite poetry with this um caterpillar which then means they move to a singing number and they have this outfit change and he's
2: no longer a caterpillar yes i was like what he is hold on they call it Fa- father william he's old mm. father william from the poem mm. that's okay. who he's supposed to be and that's why she changes too That makes sense. I was like, this is a weird outfit change situation. Well, the reason is because Sammy Davis Jr. can't dance. He can't tap dance in that caterpillar outfit. Mm. And if Sammy Davis Jr. is going to be in a movie and it's a musical, he has to dance and sing. That's how it was. That's what the man did. So that's why.
1: (laughs) Funny thing is I was like, trying to figure out, I was like, where's the rest of his body? And I was like, oh, that lower half of his body is the
2: mushroom like i had to think about that costume
1: i was like oh weird
2: yeah he was probably like standing in the mushroom yeah how long do you think he had
1: to stand in that costume because he can't sit Um, in it that mushroom's too round a really long time i know i'd ask them to put like a little chair in the mushroom so
2: i can well you know what i wonder if the mushroom was only like I'm actually looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the mushroom was like three quarters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if he could step out of the back, like maybe he just stepped uh, forward into it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Because we don't ever see the back of it. True, true.
1: And Even they don't, still,
2: yeah, they don't a use catapult. the mushroom for the eating either. Right. So,
1: just fine. I don't think piece. they wanted it to do that CGI situation over and over oh, and over gosh.
2: again. No. And I don't blame them, especially like, I wouldn't want to do that scene either with the bird. And that's kind of, that's an easy one to cut out. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need to cut something out, we don't need that piece with the bird calling her a snake and everything. Yeah. It's stupid. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So then she goes over to the Duchess's house. (laughs) <laughs> and the way the duchess handles the baby like i knew it was abusive in the book but like it mm-hmm. is so extra like she's just throwing these rags around that oh, are God. supposed to be a baby and like smacking it and all this
2: stuff and <laughs> i was like oh my gosh it's really bad the visual of it in the movie you're like yeah yikes oh i know gosh. i was like okay
1: yeah that's really bad so that happens. And then, you know, the baby was like a normal looking baby, though. And then it turns into a pig. And she's like, it would have yeah. became an ugly adult if it grew up. And I was like, yikes, Alice. It's just a baby.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Okay. <laughs> so outside of the Duchess house, she runs into the Cheshire cat. And she somehow knows what the Cheshire cat is now without meeting it
2: at the Duchess's house. Yeah. Um, Cheshire Cat, by the way, is actor Telly Savalas, who was in, he was a boatload of stuff. Like he was Kojak. He was in Mm. Kojak. He was, he did a ton of stuff in the 80s. He was really big. Like he was on the love boat. (laughs) Um, he was in one of the Muppet movies. He was in the first one, The Muppet mm-hmm. movie, the first one. But he was really well known for the TV series that he did. Um, but he was a really big actor then in the 70s and 80s. so yeah, they so was like packed this movie with so many actors mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, the cast on the show is ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: But I will say the Cheshire Cat the first time it shows up, looks like an absolute serial killer.
2: Oh my gosh, he is creepy. Yeah, I was like, ah. he really
1: is. He really is. It's just weird. Yeah, and then he like very threateningly tells her
2: that there is absolutely no way for her to get home, and she's like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> he does have one of my favorite lines though, and this is you know in the book where he, she's like. I don't want to be surrounded by mad people and he's like well we're all mad here I don't know why but that's just always been one of my favorite Alice in Wonderland lines and he says it there's some very
1: good ones Mm -hmm. so then she goes to the Mad Hatter and the March Hare and I thought there was only one extra chair but there's like 15 chairs at this table yeah there are a lot Mm -hmm. so it's a really big table
2: yeah, and the eyebrow work the Mad Hatter does oh my is gosh. very good. He, that man is fantastic. He mm-hmm. is so good as the Mad Hatter. Um, the March Hare is played by Roddy McDowell, who was another like huge actor during that time too. He did a lot of... Um, actually, he was... Wait a minute. Because I just looked at... They just had a picture of him come up. He was... Mm-hmm. He was in Batman. I think he was in Batman. I think he was the Joker. What? Wait, wait, wait.
1: Like the original really bad Batman with the- Yeah. The like, (laughs) what is it?
2: 60s Batman? Yeah, hold on. I'm, I'm going backwards here. Wait. When did that come out? Okay. Yeah, holy cow. This man's got a lot of stuff on his
1: list here. Okay. Like I need to know if it's Batman and Robin, that one, or-
2: Let's see. Oh, maybe that's why I recognize his face. He was in, okay. He was in this um, Hayley Mills movie called That Darn Cat. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, he, anyway, he, oh, yeah, here it is. Okay. So he was in, he was in Batman, mm-hmm. the original Batman in 1966, but he was not the Joker. Sorry. He played a character named the Bookworm, but he was in more than one episode. Yeah, I knew he was not seen that one. Yeah, I knew he was somebody in Batman when <laughs> I looked at his face. I will say my movie knowledge is a
1: little subpar, like more subpar than it used to be. So, well,
2: let me just say I, I am. You know 40 years old and so the movies from the 80s and 90s i'm pretty good with but it happens to be that i've also watched a lot of these older movies um as well as the original batman Mm -hmm. so you know he was also in bed knobs and broomsticks (gasps)
1: That was my favorite movie as a kid. Oh yeah. my gosh. My grandparents, every time they had it on BCR, every time I'd go and see them, because we lived in Florida, every time I'd go and see them, I would rewind the VCR. I was the only one that watched it. <laughs> and my cousin has the book and she's sending it to me because at some point oh. we're covering that on the podcast. It's happening. Nice. Nice. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. He was in that. Wow. And that original one. Wow. So there you go
1: my next favorite thing is the fact that they couldn't get um her to memorize these long intricate poems and they had her sing twinkle twinkle little star yes which was hilarious
2: (laughs) twinkle twinkle little star (laughs) like well it works it's something
1: yeah I thought it was very funny Mm. I and then they like do renditions of "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," and it was very very good.
2: Well, what's funny about that too is that that's what Disney does in the animated version.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They do the exact same thing. They use really? The, I yeah. guess
1: it's just been so long since I've seen that. I can't wait to revisit that now that I've actually seen it. Because
2: why would they do that? That's funny. I don't know, but they did. Well, because the mouse, I don't like. This is what I one thing I remember from the Disney animated. Cause the mouse is like half asleep. And he's like, only he seems kind of drunk too. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he can't say it right. And he says, twinkle, twinkle, little bat. He says bat. How, like he says the words all yeah.
1: wrong? I don't know. I think it's very yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next, after that, the next thing I noticed, and I just, the only note I wrote about it is, how did they get that deer on the set? Like it looked like a little Key West new fawn situation. Like this was like a deer that couldn't be more than like two days old. And they somehow kidnapped
2: this baby deer and got it on set. Somebody, I mean, maybe like from an animal preserve or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are places like there's, so in Charleston, cause I live in South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, And I'm just, I'm close to Charleston. So in Charleston, there's one of the plantations has like, kind of like a petting, it's not really a petting farm. Anyway, they have animals Mm -hmm. and they have deer, like these deer just stay in there in this like pen area that they have. So I don't know where they got the deer from. (laughs) I don't know how, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know
1: cuz so, I love deer and they're not comfortable around people.
2: Well, actually, it depends. I think if you're not threat- if you're not threatening, they are because mm-hmm. okay, at this the plantation in Charleston, so they do have this spot where they have animals and some are in cages, but a lot of them just roam around freely, mm-hmm. including the deer. Mm-hmm. They will come right up to you and you can pet them and touch the things. Oh wow. And when I was little, Uh, we would go camping. Mm -hmm. And um, one place that we went camping, there were always deer that would come like into our campsite. Mm -hmm. I mean, we would be outside in the tent and it would be like, I mean, like super close to us. So I think it just depends.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably because I'm from Michigan and- Michigan has a lot of hunting grounds. Um, it's usually yeah, they're probably a little hunt. scared. Yeah. And I don't blame them for that because <laughs> even like the suburban deer know to stay away from people. But yeah. Yeah, I think it just depends. I think we just have too much of a hunting population probably in Michigan. I probably. The deer like spread rumors and they're like, yeah, don't go around anybody because mm-hmm. that's how Charlie lost. <laughs> then we get to the scene of them being at the queen of hearts um grounds and i just couldn't help but notice that in the book they messed up one rose plant all of the rose plants were different colors Mm -hmm. i was like wow they
2: really messed up i guess yep those those cards had a lot of work to do (laughs) yeah
1: i was like there's no way you're gonna finish like she's definitely gonna notice
2: yep oh yeah she yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and then I love the outfit design of the red queen they made her look super extra
2: yes I I love her dress it's super fun actually I love I love um all the costumes in this because even like the animals even though they seem a little bit creepy everything is still super detailed Um, and so they're really great but I loved the queen of hearts costume too because it wasn't like it wasn't literal like the disney mm-hmm. animated it's literal like it's got the hearts all over it you know yeah. what i mean but this one is more subtle in that aspect mm-hmm. um but i do i love the color and the design and it's great her yeah, crown every,
1: every royal had like subtle designs to it and i really mm-hmm. like that um and then when they go to like uh croquet the flamingos <laughs> just chillin yeah, it's so funny and they also I guess they just couldn't get hedgehogs or something um, yes because they had, they had the guinea pigs <laughs> well I will say most hedgehogs until they're trained to be handled by people and they get used to it they do not like being around people and I'm guessing that that's probably difficult for actors and actresses to deal with if they're not familiar with hedgehogs because you have to pick them up a very, very specific way. So getting pigs is uh, understanding change.
2: Yeah. That's all. It's a lot easier. Plus here's the other thing in the 80s, people probably were not having hedgehogs as pets. Like some people do now. Like I know two people who've had a hedgehog as a pet. And I'm like, where do you even... Where do you even yeah. buy a hedgehog to have as a pet? You know, but in the 80s, that really wasn't happening. True. So guinea pigs
1: are probably a very understanding oh, yeah. substitute. And plus, that little roller guinea pig they have because they I know. can't animate it was so funny, but I was <laughs> like, it made it worth it to me. Yes, it was super cute. It looked like a guinea pig Roomba to me. <laughs> um, and then, you know, They uh the queen tells her to go find the mocktail so she can learn the story. Mm -hmm. And she comes upon this goat and
2: then she comes upon a chimp.
1: And I'm like, okay. They
2: were just random. Like I'm not sure what the purpose of was was of Yeah. Well. Okay, the chimp, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. The goat, though, could have been a subtle nod to what happens in the to the second one, in the second movie. Mm. Maybe.
1: I just was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
2: It's weird. Yeah, the chimp was totally random.
0: Yeah.
1: And then they suggested um, to the mock turtle that the, the mock turtle should sing a sheet The mock turtle, this is like a tongue twister. (laughs) Wow. The mock turtle should sing a sea shanty. And I was like really hoping and praying that that was gonna happen, but it didn't. And we just got a normal musical number.
2: Still good, but not a sea shanty. Do you know why that mock turtle could sing so well? Hmm. Because that mock turtle was none other than Ringo Starr are you serious yeah yeah the mock turtle is played by Ringo Starr I'd like to know how they floated that one by him you know what I mean like I mean now this movie has a really great cast Mm -hmm. but you know I can understand Sammy Davis Jr. totally agreeing to this and like Carol well she's in the second movie Mm -hmm. um but these other actors but then (laughs) then you're like who are we going to get to play the mock turtle? Ooh, Ringo Starr would be great. How do you pitch that to Ringo Starr? I don't know. Do you think it's one of those things
1: where they're like, hey, Ringo, listen, this is going (laughs) to be just the weirdest production. We will have an open bar. Um, (laughs) You're going to be in a turtle costume. Would you sing a sea shanty? He's like, I won't sing a sea shanty. And they're like, fine, just a n- normal musical number, but we're going to make a joke about the sea shanty. And he's like, fine, fine, I'll do it. Whatever. How much are you going to pay me? A million
2: dollars. Okay. Yeah, sure. Fine. I'll right. do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Although, um, that's actually, I mean, I suppose getting Ringo a star to be the mock turtle in this was probably not, um, I'm trying to, I'm failing at what I'm trying to say here
1: do you think he just had like a free afternoon and they're like would you want to come in for this and he's like yeah sure
2: fine whatever we'll do it why not i don't know who knows i mean you know his band was like they were pretty big at that point so Mm -hmm. who knows maybe he was like "Eh, it'll be fun (laughs) he's like fine it'll be like a day off but yeah ringo star too although actually you know what he liked doing kid stuff now that i think about this because he was the voice of um he did a voice in Thomas the Tank Engine they animated or not not, I say animated but it was more like are you serious claymation ish kind of I don't know how to describe it um yeah he he does a voice in Thomas the Tank Engine so he must have probably just really liked doing kid stuff too
1: yeah some of those people like to, to like famous people like to give back and stuff so yeah it might be one of those things yeah um so then we get to the jury scene and the fact that (laughs) bill was not in the jury kind of upset me a little (laughs) bit to be honest it would have been so easy
2: i know that would have been fun but yeah what are you gonna do they had it was all birds in the jury instead
1: yeah so then alice grows very tall Mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff happens she runs away but when it seems like she, quote, wakes up, it looks like she was knocked unconscious running through the woods. Yes. And that her sister was just gone now. Right. She's and I was like, anymore. wow, did your sister just not care that you were knocked unconscious through, like,
2: via tripping or something? Right. Just going to leave her there. Yeah. Just leaving Alice. Or even if Alice had fallen asleep on the grass where they were mm-hmm. outside, her sister is nowhere to be found still. So she just left her laying out there by herself. Yeah. I know. I was like,
1: wild. But then it turns out they immediately go into the, through the looking glass, and when she wakes up, um, she didn't uh, sorry. Immediately she goes into the, through the looking glass, and she, when she wakes up, she didn't actually crawl through it. She's just kind of like trapped there. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: then the Jabberwocky poem is there, but it's not backwards this time. And then the
2: Jabberwocky shows up. Yes. (laughs) so this um so this is something that they did that was obviously a lot different than in the book because Mm -hmm. they they took the jabberwocky and made him present throughout the second Mm -hmm. movie throughout through the looking glass but i i liked what they did with it because it was this like it was teaching her and in a way teaching the kids watching Mm -hmm. the movie um how to overcome their fears, you know, yeah. like we, cause that's what the Jabberwocky became. He became representative of all of her fears that she had. And everyone tells her, well, you have to learn how to overcome your fear in order to be able to move on and do this. So I like that. It's very, um, it's very 1980s. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, my kids recently started showing them, um, like a bunch of shows from the eighties and, um, we, I was showing them He-Man. Okay. Mm, We get to the end of He-Man and there was like this little lesson and I was like, I totally forgot about that. But that's what they did in the Mm eighties. They put all these like little lessons for kids at the end of the TV shows, the end of He-Man there's little lessons at the end of GI Joe, like all of these things at at the end of She-Ra princess of power. So that was a very, so having the Jabberwocky be throughout the whole thing and having it be this thing of you need to be able to overcome your fears was a very 1980s thing to do yeah
1: but we will talk more about the Jabberwocky in the the next episode all right well that's all we're talking about on this episode we will be covering the second part on the after the to be continued flip disc or disc flip um in the next episode so leah where can all the people of the internet find you
2: well all the people of the internet can find ya book chat anywhere that they get their podcasts Um, it's available on all streaming services for podcasts and uh, the best place to follow me would be on instagram i am most active there so and everything is just at ya book chat
1: yeah and check out leah's podcast because it is very good and there is a very good episode about a ballad of songbirds and snakes (laughs) that's right drops long enough (laughs) but yeah we will catch you in the next episode bye
2: bye
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish podcast. If you uh, didn't mention, uh, hear it in the intro, we will be having the next Patreon exclusive coming out on Friday, August 6th, and it'll be the Alice in Wonderland movie comparison, so we're going to be doing the Tim Burton movies as well as um, the 50s Disney movie, so if you want to check that out, go subscribe over on Patreon, it's patreon.com barelybookish. And there's a lot of great content there already for you and your listening ears. But we don't really have a whole lot going on right now. Um, there's just, you know, Patreon. And if you want to follow me on any social medias, I am at everything. I'm on everything at Barely Bookish. But yeah, hopefully we'll have some fun updates once I move. Um, I'm hoping to stream more on Twitch so you can come check me out there. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song goes by Raphael Crux on FreePD.com, and I'll catch you all in the next one. Bye!